0: Chapter 18 of the Romance of Plant Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ava Stays. The Romance of Plant Life by George Francis Scott Eliot. Chapter 18. Poisons. Poisoned arrows, fish poisons, manchineel, curare. A Wonderful Story, Antiaris, Ordeals, The Obie Poison, Oracles Produced by Poisons, Plants Which Make Horses Crazy and Others That Remove Their Hair, Australian Sheep and the Cossack Creeper, Swildhead, Madness by the Darling Pea, Wild and Tame Animals, How They Know Poisons, How Do They Tell One Another, The Yew Tree, when is it and when is it not poisonous? Even today, all embryo chemists and doctors are required to pass in the recognition of the more important medicinal plants. But their knowledge is probably very superficial as compared with that of a bushman in the Kalahari Desert of South Africa. Every man, woman, and child in such a tribe knows thoroughly every plant that grows in the neighbourhood his diet is a varied one for it includes maggots fish frogs snakes white ants and other horrible ingredients but he lives mainly on roots bulbs and other herbs of sorts in times of famine he has had to obtain the most intimate knowledge possible of many plants that namely which is obtained by eating them he has most carefully observed the poisonous kinds these latter have given him too a very powerful weapon for it is the poisoned arrows which give him the chance of killing game otherwise utterly beyond his reach he is on the fair road to becoming a hunter and a tribesman instead of being only a member of the morose outcast family always wandering and always hungry probably poisons were first used in fishing many vegetable drugs when thrown into pools and lakes have the property to stupefying or killing the fish a great many of these fish poisons are known, and it is quite easy to use them amongst the dyaks of Borneo. Screens of basketwork are placed along a stream to prevent this fish from escaping. Then the dyaks collect along either bank in their canoes. Everybody has a supply of the root of the tubai minispermum species, which they hammer with stones in the water inside the canoe so as to extract the poison. At a given signal, the poisonous stuff is baled into the water, and very soon afterwards, a scene of wild excitement begins, for the fish are speared or captured with hand nets as they rise, stupefied to the surface. The women scoop up the small fry in their nets. Even at the Sea of Galilee, Tristram mentions that Arabs sometimes obtain their fish by poisoned breadcrumbs in the south sea islands at tahiti a poison is obtained from the nuts of a kind of betonica and is used to catch the fish among the reefs near shore in west africa several fish poisons are used Example: seeds of tephoria vulgari. and probably the same methods are used almost everywhere they are by no means extinct even at home for the occasional poacher sometimes uses fish poisons Arrow poison is, however, much more important, and is used by a great number of tribes in almost every part of the world. In 1859, in a war with the Dyaks of Borneo, the English army lost 30 men by poison arrows. There are deadly weapons, for the dart is a very thin piece of reed or cane, which has been dipped in the yupis poison, Antiaris toxicaria. It is propelled from a blowpipe which in practice hand is able to carry 250 feet. One or two of these darts may cause death in two hours' time. The Spaniards, in their conquest for the West Indian Islands, were often defeated by the poison's arrows of the caribs. The wounded die in agonies of suffering and delirium, sometimes protracted for 24 hours after receiving the wound. The poison in this case is supposed to have been the manchineal It is a handsome tree but a very dangerous one for the slightest cut on the surface produces a flow of very fine white milk which is acrid and poisonous this juice produces temporary or total blindness if the slightest speck enters the eyes or even if one sits over a fire made of its wood it is probably not true that the people are killed if they merely sleep below it and grass will probably grow quite well under its shade although there are stories which deny this. blowpipes and poison darts are used by many savages in Asia and South America. Perhaps the curare or Wurali poison is the most wonderful of the South American kinds. The tree, strikeness species, grows along the Amazon and in the Guianas. The poison is obtained from the wood and bark, and several other vegetable substances are mixed with it. This is a very common feature of native drugs and increases the chances of doing something. It is a blood poison and a very deadly one. Large animals like the tapers stagger about, collapse, and die after a very few steps if they have been wounded by a dart. Humboldt declares that the earth-eating otomacs were able to kill their antagonists by the mere pressure of their poisoned thumbnails. In Africa, it is more usual to find poison arrows shot from a bow. The exquisitely beautiful seed of the strophanthus combe is used as an arrow poison. The plant is a climber found in the forest or bush and has a large, woody pod about 7 to 12 inches long. When these are opened, the inside is seen to be full of the small, yellowish seeds, each ends in a fine awn 3 to 4 inches long, which carries at the end a beautiful tuft of the finest silky hairs the seed coat is also covered with silk hairs when viewed against a black surface there is no more lovely object in nature yet from the seed coat a very deadly poison is obtained probably snake venom and various gluey substances form part of the mixture which is dabbed on the arrows dr colby saw the hottentots plastering their arrows with the poison of the hooded snake bushmen use a lily bulb and man thus toxicarius but sometimes add a part of the inside of a small caterpillar another african poison which is not so well known is the acocanthera which was the ingredient in the arrows obtained by the writer in british east africa north america is singularly free from these unsportsmanlike and horrible weapons but they were not unknown in europe in very ancient times pliny speaks of the arabian pirates as poisoners and allusions to their use of deadly arrows can be found in Horace, ovid and homer in the odyssey the hero goes to Iphara, ephiris to purchase a deadly arrow poison but he is refused for fear of the eternal gods poisoned arrows were employed by the celts in gaul and also by the saracens in the war of granada in 1484 Yet even in the time of Homer, the sense of humanity seems to have decided against poison arrows as being both unnecessary and cruel, just as, in our own times, explosive bullets have been condemned, and they are no longer used by civilized nations. But we should remember that until man became so expert with the bow and spear, and so civilized by tribal fights as to be able to do without poisons, they were a very useful help in the struggle for civilization." Hundreds of thin pieces of bamboo, about six inches long, were regularly carried by certain African tribes. When dipped in poison and afterwards placed in paths in the ground, they formed a very efficient protection against barefooted enemies. The Antiaris alluded to the above is famous yupa's tree of Java. The tree was said to grow in a desert with not another living thing within ten miles of it such was the virulence of its poison that there were no fish in the waters neither rat nor mouse nor any other vermin had ever been seen there and when any birds flew so near this tree that the fluvia reached them they fell dead a sacrifice to the effects of its poisons out of a population of sixteen hundred persons who were compelled on account of civil dissensions, to reside within twelve or fourteen miles of the tree not more than 300 remain alive in two months. Criminals condemned to die were offered the chance of life if they could go up to the upas tree and collect some of the poison. They were provided with masks not unlike our modern motor veils, and yet not two in twenty returned from the expedition. All the foregoing statements were for years implicitly believed. They were vouched for by a Dutch surgeon resident in Java medicine is a profession and holland is a country which would in no way lead one to expect such magnificent mendacious audacity for the whole of the preceding statements about antiaris is pure romance the inner bark of young trees when made into coarse garments produces an extremely painful itching whilst the dry juice is a virulent arrow poison hellebore and aconite were favourite poisons of the marquis de brinvilliers and other specialists of the middle ages the christmas roses or hellebores were known to be poisonous fourteen hundred years before the christian era and are still used in medicine aconite which has a tuberous root stock is dangerous for it is occasionally eaten in mistake for the horse radish, to which it has a faint resemblance all kinds of aconite are poisonous, that one of the Indian species is used to tip the arrows employed in shooting tigers. Trials by ordeal were very common in ancient times. The theory was that an innocent person was not injured by certain drugs which, however, proved immediately fatal to the guilty. Such trials at one time were customary in almost every part of the world. They were supposed to be perfectly just so that no man could be held guilty of the death of those who succumbed. In practice, however, they were almost invariably corrupt. The Tagnagia venifera of Madagascar was regularly used in ordeals, and is probably still employed by certain tribes. The seeds are exceedingly poisonous, but if the authorities wish the accused person to escape, a strong emetic is mixed with the powdered seeds, and the poison has no time to act this however is seldom the case for in any savage nation no one who is popular and in good esteem with the king or other people in authority is at all likely to be accused the fact of his being accused means in most cases he is already condemned to die another ordeal plant is that of the calabar bean Fire sigma venenosa found in west africa the plant is a climber belonging to the legumose, and the seeds which are about an inch in diameter are very deadly the seed is conspicuously marked by the long dark sunken scar where it was attached to the pod besides being exceedingly poisonous it has also a curious effect upon the pupil of the eye which is contracted by the drug Another famous poison is produced from the Datura stramonium and allied species. In tropical and subtropical countries, one is almost sure to find species of this handsome plant along almost every roadside. It is, in fact, one of the most commonest tropical weeds. The leaves are large with fine spinosae margins, and the flower is most conspicuous, as it is four or five inches long. This is supposed to be one of the drugs employed by the Obi wizard and witches. The most horrible rites accompanied by atrocious cruelties were performed amongst certain West African tribes and are continued amongst their descendants, the freed slaves of the West Indies and of the Southern United States. Even today no white man is allowed to learn anything of the proceedings but some form of devil-worship or shamanism accompanied by incantations and the use of poisonous drugs still flourishes preparations of various sorts of datura or thorn-apple produces sometimes stupefaction sometimes frantic furious delirium and sometimes death it is used in medicine as a narcotic and a diuretic Burton says that arabs smoke the leaves and pipes as a cure for influenza and asthma It is sometimes used in Europe for neuralgia and even epilepsy. On the other hand, the priests of the ancient Peruvians used a tura to produce the ravens mistaken for inspiration, and it is supposed that the priests of Apollo at Delphi employed an allied species for the same purpose. In India, China, West Africa, and amongst the American blacks, it is still very commonly used. A firm belief exists in the Middle Ages that every plant was a good remedy for something there is a real basis in fact for the superstition because every plant in the world has so far as it can do so to protect itself the attacks of all sort of grazing animals from the mouse to the elephant as well as the infinitely more dangerous and destructive insects bacteria and fungi have to be provided for by far the commonest form of production is to develop within the plant strong medicinal or strongly-smelling substances these are far better as protective agents than the thorns and spines characteristics of deserts and half-deserts we have already glanced at the turpentines and resins of the coniferous forests and at the odorous gums frankincense and myrrh of the acacia scrub the use of poisons as protection is eminently characteristic of three of the natural orders the buttercup ranunculaceae the potato order solanaceae and the lilies of the 1st name the celery leaved and indeed all buttercups are extremely poisonous so also are all aconites hellbors, as well as marsh marigolds adonis clematis and laxpur others though not poisonous are strongly medicinal such as blake snake root Hydrastis, etc it is therefore inadvisable to use any of this order for food unless other people have eaten it without any inconvenience the beauty of the lily order does not prevent it from being a particularly dangerous group of plants perhaps the worst poisons in order are those of the meadow saffron coltricum autumnale, herb paris ratrum, sabadilla lily-of-the-valley tulip and crown imperial bulbs camellium, trillium squills garlic solomon seal aloes and the sasparillas are all well-known medicines the order of solanaceae is perhaps the most interesting for it includes such dangerous poisons as tobacco daturia atropa belladonna deadly nightshade Henbane, bittersweet Solanum dulcamara, common nitrogen Solanum nigurum, and a very great many important drugs. Even the common potato contains a poisonous secretion, Solanin, and it is dangerous to eat green potatoes or the foliage. Yet the tomato or love apple, so called because it was supposed to excite tender feelings, is both nutritious and delicious. Chilies and cayenne pepper (Capsicum species) are also commonly used as condiments. Such poisonous orders should, of course, be avoided. But much more dangerous are those deadly plants which appear, as it were, accidentally in orders which are amongst the most useful friends of man. Amongst the grasses, there is the deadly darnel, Lolium temulentum, a first cousin and not very unlike the very commonest and one of the most useful grasses ryegrass, lollium purine. Then, in the useful carrot order, there are such dangerous and even deadly plants as fool's parsley, water dropwort, and cowbane. Enanth crocata, water dropwort, is one of the very commonest marsh and ditch plants in Great Britain. It is perfectly well known to botanists, and as distinctly poisonous, yet, in 1902, a veterinary surgeon brought me some of the tuberous root, to name, and told me that six fine young cows were lying dead on a neighboring farm through having eaten them. A particularly useful order of plants, the governments say, the beans and peas, contains a few poisonous species. It is said that in every year children are sure to be killed by eating the seeds of the laburnum, and to this order belong also the calabar bean and crab's eyes the last-named is only fatal when introduced below the skin in small quantities the seed of the bitter vetch, Lathyrus sativus produces paralysis of the legs in men and also in horses the crazy or loco weed of north america is sometimes eaten by horses in the western united states the wretched animals stagger about as if intoxicated and eventually die belonging to this same order is the wild tamarind or Jumbay of Jamaica, the Kona Glauca. It is a weedy-looking acacia and extremely common in all tropical countries. Dr. D. Morris thus alludes to it. Mr. Robert Russell of St. Anne's informs me that horses feeding on the leaves of this plant completely lose the hair from their manes and tails. This statement was supported by the testimony of so many people acquainted with the facts that there was no reason to doubt it many years afterwards in december eighteen ninety five i renewed my acquaintance with the plant in the bahamas the plant was much more plentiful there than in jamaica it was in fact distantly encouraged in the former islands as a fodder plant the people were fully aware of the singular effect it produces on horses and added that it also affected mules and donkeys its effects on pigs were still more marked These animals assumed a completely naked condition, and appeared without a single hair on their body. Horses badly affected by Jumbai were occasionally seen in the streets of Nassau, where they were known as cigar-tails. Such dilapidated animals, although apparently healthy, were considerably depreciated in value. They were said to recover when fed exclusively on corn and grass. The new hair was, however, of a different color and texture, so the animals were never quite the same. One animal was cited as having lost its hoofs as well, and in consequence, it had to be kept in slings until they grew again and hardened. The effect of the jumbai on the horses, mules, and donkeys and pigs were regarded as accidental, due to neglect or ignorance. The plant was really encouraged to supply food for cattle, sheep, and goats. The latter greedily devoured it and were not perceptibly affected by it. It will be noticed that the animals affected were non ruminants. All those not affected were ruminants. The probable explanation is that the ruminants, by thoroughly mixing the food with saliva and slowly digesting it, were enabled to neutralize the action of the poison and escape injury. The seeds probably contain deleterious principle in a greater degree than any other part of the plant. It is a common experience that animals introduced from other localities suffered more than the native animals. The latter were either immune or had learnt to avoid the plant as noxious to them that animals resident in a district are not poisoned by plants which are often fatal to sheep and cattle when on the march through it as have been often observed in australia the great mobs or droves of sheep passing slowly on their travels through the bush to a new district are often poisoned by the caustic creeper euphorbia The head swells to an enormous extent, becoming so heavy that the animal cannot support it and drags it along the ground. But this does not apparently happen to resident cattle. Similarly, for the darling pea or indigo, Swansona Galgafolia. At one place, this was growing abundantly, where some traveling horses were hobbled for the night. They had been on the road some nine weeks and were up to this date caught without any difficulty. On this occasion, their eyes were staring out their heads, prancing against trees and shrubs. When driven, they would suddenly stop, turn around, and round, and keep throwing their heads up as if they had been hit under the jaw. Two out of nine died, and five others had to be left at camp. In other natural orders, we find one or two dangerous plants amongst a whole series of harmless plants or useful forms, the oleander in the olive order, corn cockle, lynchnous in the pink order la scariola amongst compositae and others are all case in point so also it is the ewe amongst the conferracee etc how do animals recognize these particular plants as being dangerous whilst all their allies are harmless but the reader will answer that they do not it is well known that animals are killed by eating poisonous plants therefore poison cannot possibly be any protection against animals this is one of those interesting questions in which the suppression of apparently irrelevant details produces confusion as a matter of fact wild animals or even domesticated animals in nearly a wild state do not eat the poisonous plants of the country in which in which they and their forefathers have been brought up that is provided that they are either adults or are accompanied by full grown animals almost every case of cattle poisoning in in great britain occurs when young calves foals or lambs are turned loose in fields without any mature older head amongst them sometimes valuable stable bred animals are lost especially by eating yew leaves but there are exceedingly few instances of full-grown cattle being caught in such foolishness When cattle, horses, or sheep are turned loose in a new country, plenty of cases do occur, and it is possible that they might make mistakes with their unknown foreign plants, which had escaped into their pastures here. But almost every case of poisoning, even of cattle, shows that it is young cattle who foolishly eat foxgloves, dropwort, buttercup, etc., and occasionally die thereby. Wild animals, who are of course brought up by their mothers, never seem to be poisoned. They probably recognize a dangerous plant by color, smell, or taste. As a matter of fact, many are rendered conspicuous by some lurid sort of color, such as bright red or purple. There is a general garishness of appearance about many of them. Aconite, foxglove, herb paris, henbane, and nightshades all show this peculiar appearance in java it is said that the natives keep away wild pigs by planting hedges of certain species with purplish-red leaves around their plantations perhaps the most interesting point of all is that it seems to be quite justifiable to conclude that animals do somehow manage to tell their offsprings and each other what they should and should not eat youth with its tendency to rash experiment is thus kept in check by the mature experience of age but it must be admitted that it is extremely difficult to arrive at the fact in any particular case i shall be rash enough to give an opinion as to the actual facts in connection with the common eu the seeds are poisonous to poultry and pheasants but the fleshy part round the seed is eaten with impunity by many wild birds blackbirds etc the leaves are sometimes poisonous and even fail to horses cattle sheep donkeys and goats but they are not eaten by or are harmless to roe deer when however example horses are killed by eating you it is generally found that they have been grazing on cut-off branches which have been left lying on the ground In this condition, probably some specially poisonous substance is developed in them. As regards rabbits, it would be extremely comforting to believe that they would eat yew leaves or anything else which would kill them, but, so far as one can judge, they eat all sorts of things which ought to do so with perfect impunity. End of chapter 18